This is the business of sports. Let's talk Super Bowl and Fox Sports. Guaranteed money isn't necessarily guaranteed. One major league soccer owner is leading a $50 million investment. The blurring of the lines between sports team owners and the sports gambling space. Michael Barr. How high can these valuations go? Evan Novi williams Off the field, the NBA has never been buzzier. And the leaders in the sports industry. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred. Heidi O'Neill is president of direct-to-consumer at Nike. Then the race car driver, Elio Castro. Jared Smith, president of Ticketmaster. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Evan Novi williams And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. And if you notice, one name was not mentioned. Scott Toshnik uh, is moving on to different pastures. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna miss the uh, the guy, man. It uh, he's just uh, made me laugh every day. So Scott, I hope your new venture uh, turns out to be uh, very wealthy for you, and turns out to be of your pleasure. Yeah, definitely a bummer. I mean, I've worked with Scott for almost a decade now. Sat next to him for most of that time. Will definitely be different not having him uh, chattering in my ear. Um, but Michael, there's no sports and no Scott. But but we are still uh, rolling on, right? Darn tootin'. So let's get on with today's top stories in Michigan in the world of sports business. And let's start with the NFL announcing new playoff games and a new broadcast partner. Yeah, so we knew the NFL as part of this collective bargaining agreement was going to be adding two, two new playoff teams and therefore two new playoff games. They made the announcement of kind of how that was going to happen this week. Uh, and the most interesting thing, one, one of the games is going to be on CBS. One of the games is going to be on NBC. And that playoff game on CBS will also be broadcast on CBS corporate-owned Nickelodeon with a youth-centric telecast, which I think is a very interesting idea and, and will certainly be a first for the NFL. I want to see how that's good. It's going to be depending on who's going to be in the booth. Are they going to have two different announcers for that game because it, it they'd have to broadcast the game in a different way. Oh, I think without question, it's going to be a, a totally different kind of telecast. I would not be shocked if the NFL is reaching out to, let's say, Ninja, you know, someone they've done some work <laughs> with in the past. He's a big he's a big fan of, of the NFL as well. I would think you may see some celebrities, certainly some celebrities that have a lot of resonance uh, with, with with young children. I think if the NFL does this right and if CBS does this right, from what I was told, this was an idea that came from CBS specifically, not from the NFL. Um, but if the NFL and CBS can get this right, I think this is something that you're going to see probably a, a across the board in a lot more sports, um, but also kind of an innovative way. You know, all these leagues, as we've talked to with, with executives on this show, everyone's looking for a way to reach young kids where they go, right? Because it's not TV. Um, or at least it's not, you know, maybe traditional broadcast television. And if Nickelodeon is maybe one of those ways to do that, um, the NFL is, and CBS are going to test that out. Can you see Cookie Monster uh, in the booth doing a, doing a game? Someone scores a touchdown. <laughs> Cookies! <laughs> That'll be good. Yeah, it's a good question. And again, th- we don't have many details on it right now. But, you know, we've seen in the past, you know, the way and, and, and the one that certainly jumps to mind, Turner and the NCAA, you know, the way that, that Turner can flex all of its channels, whether it's TNT, TBS, to, you know, do some innovative things with their games. ESPN does the same thing with the college football championship. CBS and Viacom own a lot of, of different channels. And, you know, this is another way that they can provide value to the NFL. And let's not forget, this is coming at a, a pretty critical time right now 
for all the networks to be showing their value to the NFL. Their, their, their big broadcast agreements are going to be, are currently being renegotiated. They're up in the next couple of years. Everybody needs those rights to continue, especially if you're Viacom CBS, a company that's lost a lot of, a lot of stock value in the past couple of years, a couple of months. Um, but yes, this is a, a smart move by CBS, I think, a smart move by the NFL, uh, but definitely a way for CBS in the, in, in the middle of negotiations to remind the NFL that, you know, they have a, a, a big broadcast network and they can do some innovative things because of it. Well, I love the NFL's optimism, too, because they're basing all of this that the 2020 season is going to start on time. Uh, I'm not so sure about that because of the coronavirus concerns. Uh, they Usually the uh, preseason starts around August, and I'm not sure we're going to be ready by that time. I'm glad you brought that up, Michael, because, yes, yesterday NFL executives, you know, one of the big pushes, they, the, the big talking points on this conference call was that we're planning right now for the 2020 season to happen as scheduled with fans in the seats in the stadiums that they were chosen to be in, right? So that includes all your international games. Uh, I agree with you that it is looking kind of increasingly less likely that they are able to pull that off, but they are at least right now moving forward with that plan. I'm curious, Michael, when, when all this ends, you know, starting next year, let's say, there's two new playoff teams, two more playoff games, another regular season game for all 32 teams. Uh, is that too much football in your opinion? Or do you think the NFL is kind of doing the right thing by just increasing the, the amount of content its league puts out? No, the, the, the NFL is king. The NFL will always be there. And I promise you, if you're a better on sports, like a certain person I know, uh, you're going to enjoy having that other game in there because it's something you can bet on. I think you're, I think you're right. And certainly, you know, this is, it will make the NFL a lot more money being able to offer two more playoff games to its partners, being able to offer another, another regular season game for every team to its partners. They'll do some innovative things around that. Um, but again, everything in the NFL right now kind of circles around you know, those those TV deals that are going to be up, it's the, the, the Fox, the CBS, the NBC and the ESPN deals, all of those up in the next two years. Uh, and that is everything. And it, that's everything's focusing around that right now. Well, someone that's not making money right now, the zone, they're telling mm. partners it will not be paying for games suspended because of the coronavirus. Evan, this is your story. What are your sources telling? You? Yeah, so it's, you know, it's interesting. The zone is in this interesting place right now where every sports broadcaster is right where they are paying they have contracts for rights but they're not getting games right now and traditionally you know in times like where this has happened in the past for example when there's a lockout and games aren't happening broadcasters typically keep paying that money you know they keep that relationship intact and it's one of the reasons why at least right now you know the, the full-scale panic button isn't happening in, in, in professional sports is because a lot of those payments are still happening. DAZN, to my knowledge, and, and to folks I've talked to, is the first broadcasting company to say, look, you know, your games aren't happening. We don't have the ability to pay it. Um, and that, I think, the big question here, because DAZN doesn't have, at least not in the U.S., doesn't have a, a huge selection of rights right now. But the big question is, will other companies, whether they're TV networks or other streaming partners, will they follow DAZN's lead? And I would imagine that if you're, you know, a rights holder in any sport right now in the U.S., you're, you're kind of anxious a little bit. You're on pins and needles a little bit to see if, if this is something, the start of a trend for, for more of your contracts. 
Well, yeah, this is a breaking tradition because usually the, the sports entities, they depend on that money from the media. Uh, but I can't blame DAZN. I mean, yes, they're a startup company. But I can't blame them. It's like, look, if you don't have any content, what are we paying you for? You're right. And and the, the way this I mean, the way this is kind of interesting in the way it plays out is that, you know, when this is all over, people are going to remember that DAZN did this, obviously. Right. Not just the partners they have right now, but the partners that they may look to have in the future. Um, and if, if it ends up that DAZN is the only company that ends up having to do this, you know, that, that might make things a little harder for them in the future to to land rights partnerships um and and you know you mentioned they're a startup you're right it's also a different business model you know if you're cbs or you're nbc you're you have other parts of your business that are actually happening right now DAZN is a sports only streaming service that you know there's very little sports happening right now so almost the entire product right now is dark um and you know they they don't have you know 40 years of relationships, you know, the way that, you know, CBS and the NFL do or Fox and the NFL, they don't, they don't have a long time relationship and one that's really poised into the future to, to, to kind of balance off of, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, you're not going to hear much about NBC and its relationship with the, the IOC and the Olympics is that they have a deal in place through, you know, 2028 or 2032, you know, they have a long term partnership that they're going to have to work together for a long time. DAZN kind of in the early stages of its growth doesn't have those relationships, you know, so it's, it's, it's less to fall back on. And also maybe potentially down the line, maybe a bit more damaging for the company as a whole. But I think it's way too early to say whether or not that's true. You put this in your story. The chief executive officer of DAZN, Simon Denyer, says there is no hide. This was a letter that he sent to employees that there is no hiding that this is the biggest disaster to hit the sports world in 75 years and the biggest challenge our business has ever faced. And if you want to mark what happened 75 years ago, we're talking World War II. So this is mm-hmm. how significant this is. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty, uh, a pretty distinct and definitive statement from a guy who obviously understands the sports world and the, and the sports business world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the, as, as you know, so much money in the sports world stems around these media deals. Um, and if they start to crack, uh, and I'm not saying they are right now, but if they start to crack, I think the, the, the story about, you know, kind of how the sports business world moves forward starts to change a little bit. And finally, let's talk golf and news that the PGA Tour will be offering cash to some players as the coronavirus pandemic stalls play. How are they able to do this, first of all? Yeah, I thought this was interesting, actually. So the the, uh, the PGA Tour, you know, they have year-end rankings and every player gets a bonus at the end of the year kind of based on where they finished in the rankings. And the PGA Tour is essentially letting players – depending on how where you rank right now, this depends on how much money you can get, but is letting players essentially take an advance on that money. You know, so if you think that the max is $100,000, but if you wanted Michael Barr, the, the 30th ranked golfer in the world, if you wanted to take $100,000 now, the payment they would give you at the end of the year for your where you ended up in the standings would be just $100,000 less. So it's kind of an interest, interest-free advance on payouts that these players are going to get at the end of the year, but definitely an innovative way to help athletes who are obviously struggling right now as well, because, because some of their income is dried up. 
Yeah, I'd take a hundred thousand dollars right now. Liggity split. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should ask what uh, what our what our end of the year bonus advance might be uh, for for our podcasting duties. <laughs> we'll get three hams, man, and uh, and a fruitcake, man. Outside of that, but no, I, yeah, I, I get I, it. I get it. It's gonna. It, this is very unique, as you said. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's a, it's a smart idea, and the the PGA Tour is also kind of under attack right now. You know the, that that professional golf league. Um, that, you know, backed by folks overseas who kind of had this idea to try to, you know, ramp up the money in golf, maybe poach a handful of the biggest name golfers in, in the world and do less events, fewer people at each event, but, but bigger prize pools. Um, they are in the market right now talking to players, right? We've heard Tiger Woods say that he's entertaining it. We've heard some players, including Rory McIlroy, say before the PGA Tour had to shut down part of its season that, you know, he was not interested but you know this is a that you know that is looming over the PGA Tour right now. So anything they can do, I think right now to kind of help placate players, maybe help them financially, maybe remind them that in times of crisis, the PGA Tour kind of helped them out and, and gave them a cash advance when maybe they needed it. That might be a valuable piece of kind of helping staving off you know a challenge from an upstart that was going after some of its biggest names this is the bloomberg business of sports podcast i'm michael Barr, and i'm evan novi williams we're here each and every monday wednesday and thursday exploring the world of money and sports you're listening to bloomberg business of sports on bloomberg radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts 